What is going on, everybody? It is the Boomtown Pod, all things MMA. I am your host, Andrew Kahn. Thank you for joining us. This is brought to you by the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. And as you can see in the little corner over there, the Blue Collar Media Group. I am joined, of course, once again with my co-host, Sully El Canini. How are you, my buddy? I'm great. You're, how about yourself? I'm doing good. I'm, f- I'm fired up because we've got a lot to get into today because there has been a yeah, lot of stuff yeah. since our last uh, little podcast we had. But this is episode yeah. 16. We're recapping a ton of stuff, guys, and uh, we cannot wait. And like I said, again, powered by the Blue Collar Media Group and the Saskatchewan Podcast Network and, of course, our great episode sponsors at Stellar Gear. If there's anything that I can tell you right now, Stellar Gear absolutely kills it when it comes to the clothing thing. I'm wearing some Stellar Gear, as you can see. They can directly ship out to you from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada, folks. They are great. If you actually want to go and actually purchase something from their website, uh, best way to do so, stellargear.ca backslash boomtown10. You're going to get 10% off of your purchase. Curbside delivery at Saskatoon, Rock Revival, Oakley. Guys, it's summertime. Ray-Bans, get them that face looking real good. Ladies want to see a good-looking face. Go get it. Go get it at Stellar Gear. Dan and the crew will help you out. They're tremendous. They're open at the Center Mall. Shout out to Dan and the crew. Always been fantastic sponsors of ours. And, of course, uh, we got our first segment. So we're going to dive right into this because it's a spicy one. Mm -hmm. This is called the Weekly Recap. And, of course, it's sponsored by Direct West. Direct West is a proud partner of the Saskatchewan Podcast Network. Is marketing getting in the way of running your business? It can be difficult. I know these things. Things like updating your Google listing, thinking of headlines for your billboards, or making sure your website is in good shape. That's where Direct West comes in. You can get local expert marketing help for your business at directwest.com. Like I said, now let's get into this. It is the weekly recap. And of course, this weekend, we had a great, tremendous fight night. Uh, Kelvin Gaslam versus Robert Whitaker. This fight was absolutely everything I ever wanted. Uh, This is what I expected two years ago when we were supposed to get this fight. Um, so in your mind, how do you think this played out, bro? Honestly, it definitely played out in Whitaker's favor. And I yeah. think that was the best. I think that was his best performance to date. Honestly, what is he on? Like a three fight win streak now? Whitaker, since losing to Adesanya, has won three in a row. Yep. Yeah. He's cleared out the top of the division. So it's like, there's no argument. Like the, the title fights his. So he's got he's he gets to run that back with Izzy for sure. Yeah, I think that's obviously the fight to make, um, and we yeah. all know that. I mean, it's not even – at the end of the day, this is literally the easiest thing that they could potentially do is is throw Izzy to Robert Whitaker, and we'll, we'll break that in later. So that, that gets me to our next segment. Well, what's next for Whitaker? Well, Whitaker, I think, right now has earned a title shot at 185. There's no doubt about it in my mind. Um, he just kills people. I mean, there's just – the way that he is elusive with his kicks, the way he sets everything up, by the way, is just yeah. – it's an art form, man. It is truly, yeah. purely in our form. I watched the fight card with my pops the other or that on Saturday, and we both did the same thing. He suckers you win immediately with that right and can throw mm-hmm. a left kick or a right kick so goddamn quick. Yeah, and it's crazy because, like, his setups as well. Like, he actually reminds me, his style reminds me a lot of uh, GSP because, like, his setups are just, like, like, there's just something behind that behind this jab that you're not really looking forward to. And it's usually that kick. Yeah. And the funny thing is that like he uses it in every fight and people just don't know how to prepare for that. You know? Well, it's so quick. <sighs> it's almost as, it's it almost is. as quick as I can throw a punch, to be honest. It's, it's wildly <laughs> yeah. fast, man. Um, it is, man. It really is. 
Ryan Tryman ends and Whitaker is a bad, bad man. You're not going to get an argument from us here. I think he's probably the best 185er besides Izzy. And I think yeah, that's completely the fight that everybody's getting ready for. Everybody's pumped about it. I think they just need to find out what's going on with Izzy. Like this whole John Jones banter at heavyweight and him potentially not getting a contract there and all this kind of other stuff. I mean, also like he just lost a yawn. So, I mean, it's, mm-hmm. it's like kicking your tires on something with what's going to happen with Izzy, but I do think that is clearly the fight to make. Um, and then that my yeah. next question for you, Sully, because I, I've been gearing over this one too. Uh, what's next for Kelvin Gaslam? I mean, I think ultimately at what, this division, he's short. He's a really short yeah. competitor, and he had a hell of a time trying to get inside on Robert Whitaker this past weekend. He just, when he gets inside, he is a, he's a problem. Kelvin Gaslam mm-hmm. is got heavy hands. He doesn't. I'll give Kelvin Gaslam this. Whitaker was throwing the kitchen sink at him, and Kelvin Gaslam just kept pushing. But at yeah. his height, do you think it makes sense for him to try to maybe think about a one seventy again, or does he naturally have to stay at one eighty five? I, I I really don't know because like man, that weight cut so hard for him. Like one eighty five is is that's his weight. That's his weight class, man. Like if he tries to cut down to one seventy. I just, I just feel like the the fighters down there are just going to be too fast for them. They're right. Gonna have, they're going to be way too weathered. You know, they they've weathered those those storms before. You know, and I just don't think. I think he's got to either, I don't know, maybe move up, maybe go to, I don't know, man. Like it's it's he's in a tough spot right now. Like Pat, we all know that Pat Barry fought at what did he fight at again? He was like five ten, and I think he fought he fought at heavyweight. Yeah, he was he was he was fighting at two oh five, right? Mm. Like he was he was fighting way above uh, way amongst his weight class. I mean, he was definitely getting killed. So I mean oh yeah. Um yeah, I mean ultimately at the end of the day, I think um we're seeing a really big trend with Calvin Gaslam and what he's supposed to be able to bring to the table. His wrestling is all elite. I mean, it's really, really good. It's actually slept on how good both of those guys' wrestling is, which is funny because neither of them really did any wrestling it was more so just a primarily big strike fight and that's fine by me i mean i'm here to see the knockout right like i want to see that all the damn day long like i love that shit but i mean um i think right now kelvin gassum i probably think would who's somebody at 185 that you would like to see him take on Hmm. jack hermanson just tapped him fuck out in the first round was it the first or second first or second let's look at at the uh, let's look at the uh the division look at the 185 chart right now and just ultimately, like, I'm trying to think of a matchup that kind of makes sense for Kelvin Gaslam. And honestly, he, like I said, he's a worldwide talent. I just don't know who you put him against because Kelvin mm-hmm. Gaslam was that close, like just inches away, you know, like in this fight against Whitaker for probably facing Izzy for the title. So now it's like you put him against a five, six guy. Like, who do we have at six right now? Shit, we got Darren Till at six. That's a bad fight for Gaslam. It's a bad fight for Gaslam. <laughs> Horrible fight. Yeah. Yeah, I don't even know, man. Like, but it's probably the fight to make. Yeah, because like, at that point, they're trying to. The UFC's got too many fighters on their roster, man. If you keep losing fights, they're just gonna let you go. They're just gonna get rid of you. So they're gonna keep giving you those tough fucking fights. Well, that's really that's my test you. Yeah, and that's my kind of thought pattern between that too. But I think Darren Till would probably, honestly, make the most sense. I mean. Mm-hmm. So in a, in a roundabout way, I know Darren Till was supposed to be scheduled up against who was it again? And he got um, hurt. He got hurt. Uh, I can't. Shit. I can't recall. I'm having a brain right fart, but I'm, yeah, I know so. that he was supposed to fight somebody, and, and his collarbone separated. Who? Oh, Marvin Vittori. 
Marvin, and yeah. He, yeah, so that, I mean, people are probably going to linger for that fight, and they probably want that to happen really, really bad. But I don't think Vittori, after watching the performance that Whitaker had, I mean, some people are saying that Whitaker should take on Vittori. I'm like, man, give some respect to this guy. Whitaker's on a mm -hmm. three-fight win streak. He deserves the title. Vittori probably yeah, should face Till or Gaslam. There we go. Yeah. I mean, it's that's a favorable matchup for Gaslam. Is at number two right now. I think, actually, Derek Brunson would be a really good fight for Gaslam. I think he would. Uh, I think he would finish him at that point. You think Brunson would be Gaslam, or do you think Gaslam would be Brunson? Gaslam would be uh, Brunson. He's too powerful for Brunson. But like, that's... he's at number five, and he's at a, he's on like a four fight win streak or some shit. So that's not happening. Yeah, so. that's that's a wild one. I mean, ultimately, I like I said, I think there's some options there for Calvin Gaslam to obviously come out on top. But they got to make a favorable matchup for him. So I, I would like to see, you know, that Brunson fight would be exciting. Mm-hmm. I think Derek Brunson brings a challenge to Gassum with his wrestling, and I think Gassum would have to start using that as well. Um, yeah. Derek Brunson just manhandled Kevin Holland, like, and just oh, wasn't even close. And listen, I like Kevin Holland like the next guy. I think he's pretty fun for the. He's good for the sport. He's a fun guy. He obviously loves being there, but goddamn, does he need some help? Yeah, I mean, he needs some you real take him down. Coaches. He's he's got to go to Dagestan, man. He's got to go hang out with the deep <laughs> for a little while and those boys and yeah. just learn how to wrestle for a solid year before he comes back to the UFC. I'm not saying that like yeah. I want a Kevin Holland year long pause, but I think he needs to spend the next five six months truly working on his wrestling because it is awful. And not to mention he already gave he already gave his his all for like this year. Like he had five fights this week this year. Yeah, crazy. And, he, and he, he won, he's taking he all, won all of them. Yeah, and it's just like I think he just needs. I think he owes it to the to the fans and just to himself to like take some time off, yeah, come back a better fighter because like you're when you keep accepting fighting fights that recently and that recent, you're not getting any like, better. You're not, man. You're really not. You're really not learning anything. Like even with his attitude change, he didn't get any better. I mean, he said he was going to no. be more quiet in the octagon, and he was. He, mm -hmm. And he kind of was having some more fun near the end, but I still just. Don't think it was the right move for him, but nonetheless, yeah. hopefully he gets back and better. Gaslam, like I said, I, I hope he gets a good matchup and a favorable one that helps him out moving up to that next spot. I, I really want to see Gaslam in the title picture at some point. I think Same. he's earned it. He's been in the UFC forever, it seems like, mm -hmm. and it's just had shit luck, whether it be injuries or, or you know, uh, missing. He missed weight a couple times too, and I just, I, I really hope Kelvin Gaslam gets something. But moving on to our next subject, and this is one that a lot of people have been talking about, the buzz throughout the U, uh, MMA community, also the boxing community, obviously bringing both of them together, was Triller presenting Askren versus Paul. Um, I kind of ranted about this yesterday, so my ranting is kind of over for this. It was a fucking joke. Um <laughs> The whole thing, top to bottom, was probably one of the worst fucking things I've ever seen. Yeah, and that's not man. me being a hater of the program. It's not me being a hater of that. Because when I watched Triller the first time around with Tyson versus Jones, I thought it was pretty cool. They had a really cool, clean, crisp atmosphere to it. Um, you had two legends of boxing. That's what it was about, right? It wasn't any of this. What we got was the weirdest thing I think I've ever watched, to mm -hmm. be honest. You yeah. had one point had a slap fight in the middle <laughs> of it, a slap, an international slap fight with Ric Flair as the judge. <laughs> I was sitting there. I was asking myself, I'm like, was this just like a commercial? Because like sometimes you see that and you're like, it's just a commercial. Yeah. This can't be real. They were yeah. fighting for a slap title. And I'm like, fuck who sakes. the fuck are these guys? I, I was like more so curious on what was going on. I had no idea what was happening. And so yeah. I was like, okay, 
fair enough. I mean, I get it. And then Ric Flair, you know, 79 years old, still thinking he's got that drip is just, <laughs> oh, man, it's painful to watch. It like, is cringy. It, I remember was, just seeing Pete Davidson on the fucking panel, man. I was just like, oh, Pete Davidson saved the entire event for me. He, really? You think so? I thought Pete I just Davidson thought it was, was the best part. Corny as shit. So, same with Snoop Dogg, man. That guy's getting so old. I'm so tired of seeing that motherfucker. But for the most part, it's just, I think, like, I think it was more of a rap show. It was more of a. It was a concert was, with some fights. It, it just, was, it, man. It was. It was really weird, man. And honestly, like, I'm not taking away anything away. Triller was trying to have, like, that fight club feel to it. But if you're going to mm-hmm. have, like, a fight club, why don't you bring in, like, Rob Zombie? Like, somebody <laughs> like that. Why are you bringing in Justin Bieber? <laughs> Like nothing is gonna get you fired up. Like, I, listen, the Beebs has come a long way for me. The Beebs has entered my life in a better way than he did when he was fucking whiny and thirteen. But like, yeah, he's got bangers. Everybody knows that the kid's got bangers. But like, if you're setting me up to watch an event and I'm getting ready to gear up and watch literally a boxing fight, I want to get fired up. I want some like fucking just like some here comes a boom or some shit. Like, I want. I want yeah. something to fire me up that gets me going or like a band that gets me going and say what you will. But like Rob Zombie would fucking fire me up before two fucking, you know, guys get into the ring that we've been hyping for so long. 100%. All of a sudden it's like 100%. Bieber. I'll get my peaches out and draw it. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck? How am I supposed to be fired up for this? I don't get it. So that was a disaster of a booking. Like, I, yeah, oh, it- I mean, and then the music himself, like even Bieber when he was performing, and I'm not taking anything away from him. The kid can perform when he's when he's live. He's he's not bad, but he danced like a hooligan, fucking just methed out kid, just doing the same move over and over again. If I wanted to see that, I'd go to my local establishment called Gabos. All right, I would go there. <laughs> I would watch that. All right, and I could see that for free. I didn't pay fifty dollars to go see that. I mean, yeah. I probably would have in the drinks that I've accumulated, but nonetheless. <laughs> That was a disaster of a card. And then we get to the fucking fight itself. And Ben Askren, for those that don't know this, okay, and, and if you guys ever want to know the strength and how tough Ben Askren is, this man has do- was dominant. He dominated for years. He was the one champion, welterweight champion forever. And this guy fought, again, at 170. So when he, they went into the weigh-ins for this, he weighed in at, what, 190? Yeah, yeah, that was the fight. Was one ninety, and I was like, "How? He's not going to be in shape for this. He doesn't give a fuck about this fight." I was like, "This is a disgrace to boxing. He he doesn't care." He's even said, "Like, as soon as I'm done this, I'm going to go back to my wrestling academy." He was already checked out before he got in the fight. Yeah, but no credit to Jake Paul, and I will say this: credit to Jake Paul, he landed a gorgeous shot and over the top Mm. right. It was a beautiful punch. I won't take that away from him. He landed it. It was clean. A beautiful boxing. He, his shoulder movement, his head movement looked a lot better than that first fight against St. Robinson. But you're facing Nate mm-hmm. Robinson, who's five foot fuck <laughs> all and is known for being an yeah. NBA dunk competition winner. Like, yeah, Jake I, Paul has some really sound tr- like coaches he on does. his team. I will you give know, him. And he has some sound boxing. Like you, like you watch his fights, and it's just like. Dude, he's actually got skill. So like, it's he just does. Like, I'm not I taking that away from him. Shitting him too much, because he is a fucking idiot. But for the most part, like, he's got some real fucking skill. Like, there's a lot of I'm idiots. Shit, I'm shitting on him. I'm shitting on him because of who he picks out and calls out. I mean, yeah, Sam. Ben Askren. Yeah, everybody's like, oh, he's an embarrassment to MMA. Guys, Ben Askren's been retired from UFC for almost two years. Yeah, true. Like, 
he hasn't fought since he got knocked out by Jorge Mazadal with a flying knee that's been on everybody's radar for the past two years. That was two years ago. No one, no one cares. No one. Ben Askren wasn't going to be a draw. Ben Askren's funky, man. He's just a wrestler, an NCAA wrestler who's, you know, most notorious thing is winning the one championship coming to the UFC. He did survive. And this is where I have a problem with this. Okay. He got tagged. He got back up. And if for some reason, they only give him an eight count instead of a 10, which in box is bizarre world. And then you can have yeah. Jake Paul rush out of his corner, which it, you also can't do in boxing. But no. uh, nonetheless, it, it was a gong show, man. It's a fucking gong yeah. show. But it like was. you, you look at the, you look at who, um, Ben has faced. He fought Robbie Lawler, who might be the most heavy-handed welterweight of all time. He is like, definitely is. He's got a like murderer's row of people that he's killed. Yeah, even Kamaru Usman was watching when he said when he said he was watching that fight. He actually believes Ben Askren was completely out because when he had him on the uh, when he had him in the uh, the what is it like a full Nelson a half Nelson he was cracking half Nelson, him from the he, side. He had, and then he pushed him yeah. to the ground and just beat the yeah. shit out of him. He was out, bro. He was they were out. Like, he Ben's just, not moving. It but... took it took a punch for him to wake up. You know, and yeah, just and then like, Ben I... tapped him out. Like that's 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 what Ben Askren can do. He literally put him in yeah. a side chokehold, a side guillotine, and <sighs> tapped out one of the toughest guys in that division. So if you're telling Incredible. me. That that one punch stunned Ben Askren, and it did. He wasn't able to get up and get the ten count because the ref threw the. F I, I I was so confused by that ending, man. Yeah. If you guys go back and watch it. He only sense. got an eight count. True, true that. I, and he and touched his to glove. Mention, he was still walking afterwards. He was and laughing. That's what I mean. Like yeah. this is the hardest part that I have a problem with it. He literally was laughing about the whole situation. He's like, aha! Yeah. He got out of there. He grabbed his wife. Was kissing her on the way out. The fireworks were going off. He like looked back. He's like, I don't give a fuck. I just made a million dollars to literally yeah. get slept in the first round. I don't think it's worth the fucking money, man. To to have that constantly raining over your shoulder, you know, like when you actually when he actually does decide to really retire, yeah, you know, five, ten years from now, they're gonna be like, You you're that guy that got knocked out by a fucking YouTube star. He doesn't care no, though. Not, He's gonna be like, "Hey, you know, know the time I did get knocked I, out by the YouTube star? I made a million dollars off ben, of you." Ben Askren's just that type of dude. He's exactly, and he will do that. Like, I can't wait to listen to his next podcast because I tell you, he's gonna be, it's gonna be fire. Funky's a very intellectual man. Like, he's very funny. He's yeah. very about his family. He he was just there to have a good time, cash a paycheck, and for Jake Paul, he needed Jake Paul needed to win because if Jake Paul would have lost this yeah. fight for some weird reason, Triller would have been like, "Fuck." Mm -hmm. no doubt that's just a that's just a job for him man for ben Askin, it's just a job it's just a part-time fucking job for him really it is it realistically is and so anyways that got me going on to the next part that i kind of wanted to talk about during this segment and that is of course when we're sticking with triller oscar de la hoya and his ongoing issues um man i was embarrassed for the sport of boxing, I was embarrassed for his his family. I was embarrassed for the people that were being represented on that show. Um, if you haven't seen the clip yet, uh, later on, I'll post it on the Boomtown Pod Facebook page. You can follow us there. Uh, Oscar was coked out of his mind. I mean, gone, 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 gone. So far gone. Again, if I wanted to see that cheap entertainment, I would go down to a bar. And I like, yeah. it just, it was hard to watch. Like they, they brought him on and the actual ring announcer himself was kind of having a little bit of a conversation. And then all of a sudden Oscar Daniel Hoda was like, I fucking bleed for this. I earned this. I'm like, <laughs> what are you talking about? No one asked you anything. We're trying to get a recap of like 
what's actually going on with the fight that we're about to watch. It's the main event or the co-main event at that point. It was Frank Mir and making his, his boxing debut, which shout out to Frank Mir. I'm not going to really dive into it. Phenomenal performance for his first time. Not going to lie. I thought he looked okay, uh, especially Mm -hmm. against a golden glove boxer. Uh, nonetheless, Oscar De La Hoya continues and he's like yelling on the show. He's like USSR. I'm like, you can't fucking say that dude. What are you do? What are you doing? Like, so the sense of professionalism for Triller really needs to be established. I mean, I understand what Oscar De La Hoya means to the sport of boxing. I am totally aware of what the name is and who he draws in. But this man has admitted on public national TV live that he has a problem ongoing with cocaine and alcohol. And it was just so sad to see him in that disastrous state because I think more so than anything, it was just embarrassing. Why do you think he's coming back for a fight, man? Cocaine ain't cheap, like Dana White said. Well, and exactly, and and to, I was just going to bring that up. Dana White summed it up perfectly. And when Dana White was actually asked about Oscar De La Hoya, and if you don't know, Oscar and Dana will never be friends. I don't think they've ever sent a text message together, and I don't see them ever having a hug. Um, Dana White basically just said during that press conference, he's like, "Yeah, cocaine ain't cheap," and just like kept it to that. He's like, "That's why he's coming back." I'm like. After watching that uh, video, he's his own worst enemy. When you watch that video, though, honestly, honestly, you know, it, it broke like, it, it breaks your guy, it breaks your heart a little bit because when I was growing up, and of course you can probably attest when we were growing up, um, Oscar De La Hoya was one of the biggest faces of of boxing. He was a champion, and he, he was, was one of the most professional fighters as well. Like he for was sure. a professional, All, like in professional, and, out. and the weigh-ins on the panel. Just whatever he was doing, he was completely professional. He's never really talking shit. And then he made he's a never comment. drunk for any of the events. Yeah, and then saying, like, I'm a hush puppy in a Snoop Dogg world? <laughs> what the fuck, man? I honestly could not believe my ears. I was like, oh, what do you mean a sakes. hush puppy in a Snoop Dogg world? That might have been the most <laughs> mind-baffling thing I had ever heard in the history of my entire existence when it comes to the combat sports. Um, Honestly, I can't even fathom it. Either can I, man. I, I was trying to, I was literally trying to think of things that would be like, what's the dumbest thing I've ever heard besides Mike Goldberg probably just <laughs> piggybacking on something that Joe Rogan said? And then I was just like, oh, wait, I can do it right now. This is the dumbest <laughs> thing. But honest, honestly, um, I see a boomtown Oscar. Like if you can get help, man, I really hope that you do. Um, I know Frank Mir kept it really, really classy on Instagram and uh, just said, you know, it's such a, a shame to see a legend with so many problems. And it was calling his fight. It's Frank Mir's debut. And he had nothing good to say about Frank Mir at all, who I went, I thought was mm-hmm. great. Um, he did really, really well against a guy who's a former champion. So, I mean, yeah, Props to Frank Mir. There was a 70-pound weight difference, which, folks, that's a fucking lot, okay? It is. Frank Mir, Frank is. Mir is a killer, but at, at when he's fighting a guy who can slip out and slip in like that, it's just it's hard, man. And I thought he looked I thought he looked great. Uh, Frank Mir got to have his daughter in the corner as well, which was really, mm. really cool. Um, yeah. And he, he was actually in her corner for her first MMA fight, which was really, yeah, really she's cool. Yeah, a fighter, so. too. Yeah, yeah. I think a little, little little family thing there, and I, I was digging that, you know, definitely. like during a uh, during a show that was not really family orientated. <laughs> yeah. I I got some family into that. Uh, shout out to Ice Cube who also tried his best to save that event, and not yeah, even Ice no Cube could save that sinking ship. <laughs> so there's man, I want to see that. Frank Mir uh, commentate again. Frank Mir's commentating is like sound. I think it's one of the best in the business. Like, I think he's, he's a great. really. I think 
Yeah, I think he commentated for Bellator, and he just he did. He was really good. He'd be better than Big John. Yeah. Who's <laughs> yeah. Awful. Anyways, nonetheless, let's oh, get into segment two. So this is called the future, and it's brought to you by our fine folks over at Stellar Gear. UFC two sixty one is this weekend. This has felt like a lifetime for me. Anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. we're gearing up for a three title fight picture, folks. This is going to be probably one of the best things that happens to the sports in general in the world, because we've got 15,000 fans packed in Jacksonville stadium. It is the fastest sellout in the history of the UFC, uh, sold out within three minutes. That doesn't tell you how excited people are to watch live events again. I really don't know what does. Um, and we've got two great title fights and one, intriguing matchup that I, I i'm unsure of um but let's break into those three fights shall we let's think about this we've got rose nami Yunus, who mm-hmm. thug rose is going to take on wiley zhang which is going to be fireworks yeah. i think it's going to be the fight of the yes. night um yeah. something tells me that's not going to last long i'm predicting a second round tko finish for rose what do you think i got a i don't know man i got i got zhang for that fight i just feel like she's way too ah, powerful. zhang's boxing is so good I- dude Dude, she's ripped, jacked. Like it's just, I don't see her really losing to anybody that's that can't match that power. And then we got Jessica Andrade, who makes a uh, second fight, I guess you would say, against Valentina Shevchenko uh, for the one twenty-five. This is going to be a murdering. This isn't even going to be close. Um, Shevchenko no. is going to wipe the floor. I remember when I heard about this fight, I was just like, "What the fuck?" Like the Jennifer Mayo was a real. Legitimate that was an actual fight for her. Yes, yeah. she actually gave her gave him gave her some problems in that fucking. Got her fight. open. And then to like and then to get to fucking Jessica Andrade, it was just like I remember just hearing that. I'm just like, that's not that's a step down for Valentina. But then again, it's a fight she could get caught. But Jessica Andrade has. I'm gonna take away from her. She does have power mm. in those hands. She's got mitts. She definitely like, does. But she swings from her hips, so she's not gonna reach for. And she's Valentina's not gonna, gonna reach load up that leg. Exactly, bro. And like, it's just, she's going to, I think actually for the first, for the first round, you're going to see her set up that kick. Like she did to Jessica. She's going to keep whacking her with that kick and she's going to, you know, move that upwards. And it's going to, I think she's definitely going to finish Jessica. And And then we get into the one that I'm saying is a weird matchup for me, because I don't know if this, this fight makes sense anymore, but you got Kamara Usman, who's taking on Jorge Masvidal, and I'm going to just say for the record, I don't think this one's going to be close. I don't have any doubt that Kamara Usman will absolutely walk Jorge Masvidal. Um, and the only reason why is because I think Street Jesus ne- hasn't really, he hasn't fought in what has been, what, a year? Mm-hmm. Two years-ish, almost? Like, we're coming yeah. on, t- yeah, almost two years of him not fighting. And he's going against a guy who is just knocked he's killed 18 people in a row i mean yeah. like, i don't know what i need to say about this but kamara usman has been so disrespected as the ufc welterweight champion it's ridiculous i mean mm. i've slept on kamara usman myself i thought gilbert burns would beat him i think that would yeah, be the same. toughest matchup he was going to have in that division yeah just because of the power that burns has in those hands and don't don't be kid don't kid yourself he he rocked kamara a couple times oh fuck yeah he did like that first round i didn't think kamara was making it out no, and, and, and honestly, Kamara's jab is unreal. Like he knocked him down down twice with that jab, I think, or three times or some shit like that. 
Yeah. And I mean, we got our, our listener, Rylan, who's saying uh, Mazadal needs this fight. I, 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 he does need this fight. There's no there's no denying that he needs this fight. But I also would say to the fact that this is the, the, par- the problem that I'm having with this fight is that I think we know what Street Jesus brings to the table. I mean, I really think we do. We know that he's mm-hmm. a, a street. He's a he's a brawler. He's not really much of a wrestler. He, he he's been exposed on that multiple times. I mean, this is a bad matchup for Mazadal. That's all it is. And he thinks he can beat. As he calls Marty fake, as everybody does. Yeah. Um, I just think the the real matchup to make in this division. I don't know why we keep sleeping on this, but the rematch between Covington and fucking Usman is the fight to make. Yeah. Like, I don't know what Kobe Covington has to do at this point, except for Merc everybody again. Yeah, I would either, I would, uh, yeah, you're right. I would argue that in Steven Thompson. Thompson would give him some real tough problems, man. He, I I don't even think that one takedown defense is nuts, you know? Yeah, that Wonder Boy versus El Nino matchup is going to be very huge for me and and how I perceive Steven Thompson. I mean, I like Wonder Boy a lot, but like, he's fought two. Two times in the last what four years? Yeah, he hasn't fought much. He's been pretty relatively quiet in that welterweight division. So he's fought twice in the past year. So I will give him that. But I, I think mm. Gilbert gives him a headache, man. I really do. Oh, El Nino is yeah. a different breed, bro. And that wrestling too mm. is elite level. I just wish he would have displayed that against Marty a little bit more too. Um, yeah. But yeah, when I when it comes down to it, I think we can decisively say I, I'm. I think it's round three. Kamara Usman mm. finishes Mazadal. Yeah, same here. Like I, I know he even, needs- I wouldn't even like I wouldn't even shy away from like a submission submission win because uh, Kamaru is a black belt, so I think you can still use that as a fucking as a weapon as opposed to just it's definitely going to be a barn burner. They're going to be scrapping for sure. I don't think there's going to be any wrestling whatsoever. But yeah, I feel like I feel like his I feel like his safest route in that fight is to go by submission because Masvidal can catch him and he can put him out and that'll be devastating for the fans of the USC. And Call your local cable provider. Call uh, for those that are living in Saskatchewan. You can't go out and do anything anyway, so you might as well spend some money on a great event because this is gonna. If you haven't even watched the UFC and this is your very first fight card that you're ever gonna watch you're getting a treat. So make sure to go out and purchase that. I'm telling you right now, it's going to be a lot of fun. Then we're gearing up for UFC 262. Uh, we brought up a couple names. Charles Oliveira, who seems to be on the biggest fight streak or winning streak in UFC right now. And it's been grossly underrated how well he's been against Michael Chandler, who's getting an immediate shot for that lightweight title. Um, but I also said they brought Michael Chandler over for a reason. They weren't going to just not have him fight for the title. No. I mean, this guy's actually just like, that's kind of just wasting the UFC's time. Like, they're not just going to port a completely different fighter from Bellator to the UFC and not give them a shot. You know, they're trying to make themselves look good. And they gave him Dan Hooker, who is a fierce competitor. Like, I mean, is that to be your first fight is difficult to plan for. I mean, I would be like, fuck, he's so lanky, man, in that division. Mm -hmm. I would just be like, I don't know how I'm supposed to prepare for this guy who's at 155, who's like six foot two. Like, I don't know. Michael Chandler's five foot eight. You know, it's just like how how you're supposed to, and he knocked him out. I was just like, I was like, all right, give that guy a shot. He earned it. Like, I don't even care at this point. Um, And Charles Oliveira is on secretly one of the most destructive winning streaks of all time. I mean, he's beaten everybody. 
how long is this winning streak? Like seven, seven fights? I think it's I think it's actually eight because that that Tony Ferguson Jesus. fight made it eight. Yeah, that's nuts, man. And he hasn't gotten a shot yet. Well, and this is his first opportunity. And I mean, of course, as we all know, the lightweight title was given up by Habib Nurmagomedov. He will no longer mm-hmm. be a part of the UFC. He's officially off the pound for pound rankings as well. So that totally. True freeze up the lightweight division and we're getting ready to see Dustin and Connor again in July, which is going to mm-hmm. be, you know, ferocious and that. And I think that fight ultimately, even though it's a trilogy fight ends up being a number one contender fight. Yeah. True that. I think they have to fight at 155 because I do believe they fought at 170 that last fight, right? <clears throat> yeah, they definitely did. So yeah, 155 is the, uh, it's a class is a weight division to make for that fight for sure. I think. And then in our co-main event, the return of Nathan Diaz, which has a lot of people fired up against Leon Edwards. This matchup comes out of fucking nowhere. I mean, this when I heard this announcement, I was like, what are you, what are you talking about? Nate Diaz versus Leon Edwards. This is the weirdest matchup of all time. A, Nate Diaz isn't even ranked, and Leon Edwards is is the number three fighter in that division. I'm just like, yeah, this is I a bizarre concept. But of course, Nate Diaz, ticket seller, brings asses. People are going to pay money, and it's sold out already. So that tells you yeah. the draw this man has. And if Leon beats him, that kind of gives a little bit more, a uh, little bit more fire in his camp, you know? Because like nobody really gives a shit about Leon Edwards right now, unfortunately. And because it sucks because I poke. Fight. <laughs> yeah. Fuck, dude, man. Dude. and the way he kind of just like carried that afterwards, man. I thought I thought they were going to get the rematch, but it wasn't that big of a fight. Yeah, we're looking at someone else. We're looking at a. I think this is going to be a pretty much a. I'm a diehard 209 fan until the day I die. But I'm telling you right now, this is the last fight on Diaz's contract. Um, I think his head's already out of the UFC. To be honest, he's been talking about fighting Jake Paul. It seems everybody wants to fight fucking these goofs, and it just, it just, it's mind blowing that everybody overlooks this. And I'm just like, you got to fight at hand, man. You're fighting a guy who's number two in the world. Like, what do you? Yeah, you should probably just look at the task at hand. You know what I mean? Like, you overthink Mm. things and you oversee things, and that's when fighters get beat. We see it all the goddamn time. Exactly. So, in that aspect, uh, give me Leon Edwards. I think he ends up winning this fight. What do you think, Sol? Yeah, I got Leon for sure. Nate Diaz is. Two steps out the fucking UFC's. Listen, if Nate Diaz wins, if Nate Diaz wins, you listen to here. Uh, I will do some kind of cool Nate Diaz giveaway. That's that's my promise to you. If Nate Diaz wins, I will do a Nate Diaz walkout T-shirt giveaway. You heard it here first. Um, I just that's how confident I am. He's not gonna win this thing. And then watch me eat my words when he taps him out in the second round or some bullshit. Ah, weird. But nonetheless, let's get into our next fight night, UFC fight night, Reyes versus Prochaska, which I am pretty excited for. Um, I think it's a little early for Prochaska to be getting a guy like Dominic Reyes, but nonetheless, nonetheless, Dominic Reyes is on a bit of a tail slide. He's lost his last two uh, against some pretty big names when things are said and done. And Prochaska Mm -hmm. has obviously made his way in the last two fights that he's had in the UFC with two big wins, Um, an impressive debut for him, probably one of the most impressive debuts in UFC history. Um, Yeah. With that being said, give me Dom Reyes. Yeah, because honestly, watching his last fight, Vulcan Ozdemir gave him some mad problems. Like Vulcan actually almost had him beat in that fight. Vulcan's a beast, you know. Well, so, we sleep on Vulcan I, sometimes. Oh, shit, yeah. And fucking, I think Dominic Reyes is two steps above Vulcan. So, I don't know. MMA, MMA math doesn't really always work out that way. Yeah, but statistics. I, just, I, have, I have Reyes for sure. 
Yeah, statistics-wise, I've literally got burnt about a million times in the last little while by trying to go for the guy who I think is typically going to come back and win this. But with Reyes, I think his back's against the wall a little bit. Like, you don't want to go on a three-fight losing streak in the UFC because that is when Cut City starts to happen. And obviously... Well, yeah, and and like I said, you kind of... You don't know about this, and I kind of want. I'm missing the banner, and I, I apologize for this, folks. But uh, I wanted to talk a little bit about the Bellator Grand Prix that's taking place right now. Um, of course, uh, May seventh, we're going to have what is a, a firework uh, fight in this tournament. Anthony Rubble Johnson makes his return against the debuting Yoel Romero. Of course, everybody knows Yoel for his time in the UFC. One of the most controversial fighters. Uh, I think he was lit up on steroids. It's probably why he left. Um, (laughs) And and Anthony Johnson, who was just bodybuilding at 300 pounds, I think two, three years ago, is now making his return at 205, which is Mm -hmm. fucking mind-blowing. A little bit more gray in that old old man rumble beard. But uh, who who do you think wins that one? Oh, Rumble all day knocks him the fuck out. I think he kills Definitely. him. I think he, yeah, I think too. all this Rumble's time away, problem, bro. All this time away has probably only sharpened the skills for him. You know, and like Yoel yeah. Arrow's forty two years old. So I mean, yeah. if it was, if it comes down to wrestling, I would give the favor to Yoel for sure. But oh, yeah, I think definitely. he's gonna try to. Yoel does this, man. He tries to play with the opponent the same way the opponent's strongest ways are. And I don't get it. Mm. Like, if you're a wrestler and you're that big naturally, like, I think he probably walks around at 240, 250. I mean, if you're Easy. that big, your wrestling should be just the first thing you focus on, right? Mm. And now he's going to go face, true. he's going to face <laughs> one of the hardest hitting guys in the world. I mean, when Rumble Johnson hits you, he hits you. Yeah. And it's, oh man, I don't think that's going to be a pretty fight at all. I think it's going to retire him. But then again, if he, if fucking Yoel is able to play in the weaknesses of uh, Rumble Johnson, because Rumble does get gassed out at around like the second ish. If that happens, man, I think he could just like step on the gas, use his wrestling. And isn't Rumble like somewhat of a wrestler as well? He has a bit of a wrestling background. A little bit. I, I wouldn't say he's, he, but he's I just definitely think, an I think yeah, he has the double A wrestling, but though. I don't No. Yeah. His power is in his hands. If you want to yeah. need proof of that, go watch the Glover to share a repeat. Because that is whoo, that uppercut, baby. Sent yeah. him across the ring. It was uh bizarre <laughs> yeah, I land. But that. I remember watching that fight man. and I went, Holy shit. Like that guy, yeah. he is soaring. Like you think about mm. the nastiest uppercuts in the game. Anthony definitely has one. I mean, we definitely look at the heavyweight champ with Francis and his under his his uppercut on Alistair Overeem. That was just yeah. game changing. But I mean, there's a couple of them. But like, I think this fight, um, I'm gonna go with I'm gonna go with Rumble. I wouldn't be surprised if Yoel wins this fight just because of the wrestling. Um, mm-hmm. And like you alluded to, Rumble does get gassed fast. So yeah. I w- I would be interested to see what happens there. Um, but Yoel nonetheless, I think. Yoel is explosive too, so I, I don't know. I'm leaning towards Rumble with the knockout. It's got to be in the first yeah. round or early second if he wants it. If not, Yoel will take him down and, and suffocate the poor boy. Um, yeah. But no matter who has this fight, has to take on the champ right now, and that is Vadim Nemkov, who is coming off of an absolute <laughs> fucking beatdown of Phil mm-hmm. Davis. And I mean, not even close. Nah, man. Nemkov. Davis's part. Oh man, Namkov threw 340 punches and landed 178 of them. Jesus. 
That's a pretty fair percentage. I mean, Phil Davis yeah, is no definitely. slouch either. He is the former Bellator lightweight champion. I mean, True. Phil Davis under underappreciated. I think he's beaten a lot of murderers row people, but a very underappreciated record for what he's done in his career. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know how much we're going to see of Phil Davis left. I mean, he's 36 years old. I don't think, you know, he's going to be where we used to think Phil Davis was. His output is always so boring. And again, it was, and Nemkov was just like, Hey, let me pick you apart for five straight rounds. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll give you round four but I'm going to pick you apart again in round five. So whoever has to face between Yol and him against Nemkov, it's not going to be an easy fight, man. I think Nemkov will probably no. wipe the floor of either of those guys. Um, in my bracket finals right now, I have Ryan Bader versus Nemkov for the title. To be honest, I think, I think I got the same. Like, I mean, when I saw I these matchups, I, I kind of looked at both sides of the, of the of the tape and I said, well, Corey Anderson now is going to take on Ryan Bader, which if anybody's going to give Ryan Bader, Ryan Bader a headache, it'll be it'll be Corey. Corey's wrestling is yeah. nuts, but yeah, Ryan Bader's wrestling is also super fucking good. Yeah, but not to the level of fucking Anderson's. So, yeah, not and Bader's got to knock him out. That's the only way that Bader's yeah. going to win this fight. He has to finish it quick because if he gets put yeah. on the ground, Corey Anderson just made uh, Negamadov his last fight just. I couldn't believe how good Corey Anderson was. So that's mm-hmm. going to be an intriguing matchup. I'm looking forward to that one, man. The other one that I kind of want to go into when it came to the future was this fight right here, because I know it's, it's marked on a lot of people's calendars, baby. It's on mine. Mm-hmm. And this is a fight night. Corey Sandhagen coming off of a crazy knockout finish of Frankie Edgar will be taking on TJ Killashaw. Steroid Killashaw. Killashaw. <laughs> Dillashaw. Uh, we haven't seen, of course, TJ Dillashaw in the UFC in about almost three years, uh, facing a two-year suspension removed now from PED usage. They haven't been able to find somebody that wants to fight him because I think everybody's like, hey, this guy just cheated. Why the hell would I want to yeah. face him? Enter Corey Sandhagen, who's a fucking problem in this division. <laughs> yeah. And it's about time we put respect on Corey Sandhagen. Yeah. I can't really call this fight, man. I can't even predict it. Can't really. I don't really know because like, just seeing how... Corey just shut fucking Edgar's Frankie lights down. Off. Like, dude, that hurt, bro. That Jeez, hurt, it hurt to watch. watch. That yes, it definitely did. I'd never want to see that fight again. But fuck my, my, my poor heart broke the second I saw Frankie Edgar just die on the canvas. I'm like, oh, that's a dead yeah. body. Like, <laughs> he, that flying knee was absolutely beautiful. And like I said, I don't think Corey Sandhagen's getting the respect he deserves in this. He's an underdog by 210, I think was the, the math, plus 10. Which blows yeah. my mind. I think TJ Dillashaw should be the underdog, but um, TJ Dillashaw, we all know what he brings to the table, folks. I mean, mm. he is a problem, no matter if he was on steroids or not. What he did to Hennon Barrow in all those years, what he did to yeah. Cody Garbrandt all those years, although he was on steroids for both those fights, so I really think there are no contests. Mm-hmm. I mean, he still was a problem. Demetrius Johnson, champ, Henry bro. Cejudo. Like, I mean, this guy has yeah. faced the who's who of that division, so... This is a hard fight for me to predict, but I want to go and I hate saying this because I fucking hate TJ Dillashaw, but I think Dillashaw ends up winning this fight. I got Sandhagen by decision. I think you Ooh, look uh, at us being split. split. <laughs> I got Sandhagen for sure. Yeah. So I wanted to put this next segment in it's just called prediction time. Thanks everybody for tuning in too. Hey, we really appreciate all you guys' feedback during the pod. Uh, of course you can always like share, subscribe. we got some merchandise coming out. Um, we're pretty pumped up about that. Also big shout out right now. Obviously we can't do a whole lot, but, uh, if there was people available, we would be doing it of course, live at ballers rec room, which we just 
absolutely love that venue man it's been so fun i feel so bad our, our co-host got covid before we could do anything mm-hmm. uh when that last event so he's going to be there for the next one shout out yes. to kelly and ballers rec room they're just fantastic people uh they take care of us every single time their staff is fantastic but uh, prediction time three fights the three title fights who you taking hmm. i know we briefly recapped it but i'll throw out the first yeah. fight Usman and mazadal who do you have Usman, that's that's a washout. I feel like we're both in that same path, so that's good. Jessica yeah. Andrade taking on Valentina Shevchenko. Shevchenko all day. Shevchenko again. And Thug Rose versus, of course, Wiley Zhang. Zhang. Zhang's going to knock her the fuck out. And that's where we're split, because I think Rose is going to do the <laughs> absolute, absolute opposite. Um, okay. Man, I think- I think she's a. I think this is the most intriguing matchup, and we could talk about this all day long because I think both of their their resumes really do speak for themselves. Um, I am pumped up about this fight card, man. Fifteen thousand fans in Jacksonville. Like I said, quickest UFC history sellout. Listen, we have watched this sport since the pandemic began, and there's been no fans. I mean, we had the one fight card where it, I do believe it was the. Dustin Poirier and Conor McGregor one where they had limited capacity in Abu Dhabi. I think it was like maybe 15 or 2000 fans. They didn't make a fucking difference. I mean, 15,000 fans, we're not going to be able to hear them get hit anymore. And this is going to be awesome. Like (laughs) I'm just excited to hear chanting. I'm excited to hear the crowd roar when people are walking out again. I'm excited for that Mm -hmm. walkout for fighters to actually be able to like go out and just do their shit. I mean, if you're not pumped up to watch this fight card, you're not living. I'm actually very excited excited to see how the fighters, like especially the fighters that like have fought in like three or four times since yeah. the shit happened. I'm excited to see how they're actually able to weather that, you know, because like you're fighting in an octagon, it's dead silent. You can you can hear your you can hear your opponent opponent gas out when he's gassing out, you know. And now that that's changing, I want to see how that really fucks with their game. If it if it yeah, I think I think I think it will. I think mentally a lot of these guys have been listening to their coaches and having just that having that little subdue voice in your ear being able to tell you what's going on. I think a lot of guys have really benefited from that. I, I to be completely fair, there's been a lot of guys who trash talk and shit like that, but they can hear, you know, what they're saying and their coaches are giving them tremendous advice. That's gone. Mm-hmm. Like that's the yeah. second that main card starts, boom, I'm telling you right yeah. now It'll be deafening. 15,000 people mm-hmm. will make a huge difference, and I am so beyond pumped about it. I mean, yeah, okay. um, we've been sitting, and, and, and the more that life kind of, I don't want to say gets back to normal because we are located, things are just absolutely bizarrely weird. But as I think things kind of in the States get back to normal, like Dana said in the press conferences, it seems like every major event that they can have people in the stands, they're going to have people in the stands. It sounds like the UFC Apex we saw the last of last weekend. Very true. And thank God. I mean, the apex is it's it is what it is, and I'm glad we used it. But like, yeah, I'm just super yeah, happy that you're fucking small, man. Yeah, I mean, it's just mm-hmm. too small. The ring's small. I mean, it's it, if you don't believe me, look at the size of the octagon. It is much shorter than the actual physical size of an octagon. 
But yeah, uh, nonetheless, Sully, that's going to wrap it up for episode number 16. Thank you guys for joining us live. We totally appreciate it. Uh, for those that are going to listen back to this podcast, going to be dropped for you on Thursday morning. Looking so forward to actually releasing something to Spotify, iTunes, Google, wherever you get your podcast platforms. Make sure to support us. We just love talking to MMA. And uh, yeah, we want to thank again our sponsors at Saskatchewan Podcast Network, Blue Collar Media Group, and of course, Stellar Gear. You can find Sully at... Uh, better call Sully, Twitter, Sully Alkalani on Facebook. And you can find me at AndroCon on Facebook and Twitter. You can also find us at the Boomtown Pod, all things MMA on Facebook. We're growing every day. Uh, looking like I'm going to get some guest fighters booked for the show. Uh, I can't reveal who or whom quite yet. But uh, I'm in talk with some management teams, and it looks like we're going to bring some fighters on this. So once again, thank you so much for this, guys. Sick. And we totally appreciate you coming on. All 